Welcome to Dice Camera Action in Audio Form. I'm Greg Tito, host of Dragon Talk. Chris Perkins is the dungeon master for the amazing group of adventurers known as the Waffle Crew. They've been broadcasting on twitch.tv slash dnd at 4 p.m. Pacific time every Tuesday for a while, but we wanted to give fans who prefer to listen in audio form a way to follow their adventures. We're going back to the start of the Waffle Crew's adventures in Barovia and the greater Sword Coast area and publishing them all on this new podcast feed. Going forward, we'll be releasing weekly episodes pulled from the live stream here on the Dice Camera Action RSS. For more information on the Waffle Crew or Dice Camera Action, go to dnd.wizards.com dca or head to the Dice Camera Action wiki at dicecameraaction.gamepedia.com for full episode recaps and information about all the NPCs, guest appearances, and adopted pets of the party. For this episode, we'll pick up right when Chris Perkins says hello to the crew. Enjoy this suboptimal party. Hello, everybody. Welcome <laughs> to Dice Camera Action. We're a D&D show where we play D&D for almost two straight hours, and nothing bad ever happens, and everybody leaves happy. Wait a minute. That's somebody else's show. <laughs> True. Yeah, that's, the, that's the show that has the beach episode. Right. Yes. Yeah. There's another show. There's a parallel universe dice camera action out there where everybody's happy, joyous, and playing on the beach most of the time. And you know what we call that show? Boring. Boring. Yeah, that sounds lame. Drama int. Also, I want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, previously in dice camera action, the waffle crew were invited by Lady Esvale Rajnar to a peaceful gathering at House Margaster, which turned into a debacle when Strahd von Zerovich and a pair of vampire hunter brothers showed up and inspired the Waffle Crew to partake in shenanigans. Not our fault. Yep. Not our inspired. Fault. Yes. Uh, so this peaceful gathering at House Margaster um, turned to shambles uh, when uh, all hell broke loose and the Waffle Crew ended up dispatching the Vampire Lord in um, fantastic fashion. Ending, However that happened. <laughs> ending, ending with Evelyn Marthane casting uh, her radiant version of Moonbeam upon the gaseous vampire and effectively obliterating him in morning light. Get wrecked. Yep. Uh, then the city guard showed up because there wasn't supposed to be any violence at this festival gathering, uh, but Strix had her word of recall handy and peek, zapped everybody safely back to the Waffle House. Yay. Yay. Take that, coppers. Yes. <laughs> it's like, remember there. Eight. I heard probably, a yeet. Probably. <laughs> so the Waffle House is a, a charming multi-level estate in one of the better districts of the city. And the Waffle Crew has had it renovated extensively and turned into a bakery of sorts. There's also a large supply of wine tucked away in the cellars to keep one Paulton Seppa happy. In addition to the Waffle Crew, they have a owlbear named Waffles and they have a retinue, a coterie of street urchins, um, three to be exact, and they have an albino beholderkin named Albi, 
and they have a little wooden man named Simon, and they have a severed hand named Handrew. Under this roof lives this extended family, uh, and as you return, uh, there's the usual cavalcade of chaos that ensues whenever the adults are gone for any length of time. <laughs> <laughs> so you bamf into the Waffle House, and then you just sort of hear screaming, yelling, uh, floorboards creaking under the weight of a rampaging owlbear, and uh, occasional uh, hisses of a small beholder. Oh. I'll say hi to, to Albie first, because I feel like uh, Albie, she's like really needy. Mm-hmm. Yes. So let's give him some scritches. All right. And as we've established through uh, fan lore, Albie now has a little witch hat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Tiny little, yeah. Yes. A little, a little sewn witch hat. So yeah, I'll give him some scritches and say hi. The guy is so cute. And then say hi to Waffles, who I assume that Waffles... Like says hi like a really excited dog. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Like a little like, like, like stomping. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So I'll probably like get stepped on, and you'll hear some like screams, like "Ow!" Yeah. <laughs> God, no. Also, you've noticed over the past couple of weeks that Waffles has actually put on a lot of weight. Oops. Yeah. Um, so as she's <laughs> as she stomps around, uh, it does sort of create a, its own little thunder. God, I'll note to put I her on like a diet. I like it when she's fat. <laughs> oh <my laughs> well, you operate a bakery, so it only makes sense, right? Yeah, she's just been eating the pies. Like Strix is just like, what has she been eating? I don't know. I've been giving her pies. <laughs> <laughs> just pies? Just yeah. pies. <laughs> uh, do you have any business that you want to attend to, uh, knowing that you've just left House Margaster in complete and utter disarray? Uh, the very first thing Dieth does is change out of the awful garbage that he's wearing. Okay. <laughs> <gasps> what? He, like, he is so uncomfortable in his fancy clothes, which is why the bottom half of him was his normal outfit, and he, all he threw on was a nice shirt and basically a blazer on top and thought that's what made someone look noble. Uh, okay. And he hated it. So he's immediately just going to go and, like, change back into, like, his normal clothes, just like, oh, it's itchy, get it off. Okay, as you're discarding your stuff and, uh, and changing out, it's still kind of uh, dark and stormy out, and uh, the fog is still pretty thick in the air outside. But, D.F., you do notice that that um, stuffingless straw doll skin, Mr. Shambleface's uh, yeah. remains, are still in your possession, probably just sort of uh, tucked on a little hook behind your bed. I'm sure that means nothing. And- do we know about it now? Did you tell us or no? Uh, I think I kind of did yeah. at the house. Yeah. Okay. It's just now just sort of a kind of like a sad memento of the day's shenanigans. Yeah. Um, all right. Can we put it up in the inn? Just like with a nail, like a spike? Like we did it? Yes. That sounds awesome. <laughs> all right. Uh, whereabouts are you going to festoon? Just like shocked. <laughs> You gonna like put really? it like, <laughs> just on like the the main in the main room, just up on a wall? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just with like a little tiny like a nail that looks like a stake through the heart, like right in the middle. Got it. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So the straw doll is now impaled on the wall of the Waffle House. Mm-hmm. Eventually, we'll get a little cutesy home sign right next to it. You know, like the ones <laughs> that say stuff like, uh, like live lots of Lathander. Yeah, something like that. But 
something still over. Just up like, no vampires in this home. Strix <laughs> <laughs> can take a note to embroider, embroider no vampires, like on, oh, you know what? She's going to write to Rosie and ask for an embroidered sign that says no vampires. Okay. <laughs> I think Eve watches all this kind of thoughtfully, like uncharacteristically quietly. And she, she's kind of getting all sappy. Like she keeps trying to like hug her friends as she looks at this and she's like, it almost seemed impossible, didn't it? But, but we're stronger now, and we did it. Uh, yeah. It like, was... you know, like, we, we never thought we could defeat Strahd because he, he seemed like such a big bad guy. It seemed impossible, and he, he made such a fool of us before, but then we just kept trying and kept trying, and, and then we did it. Is he really dead? I don't Probably. think so. Probably not. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Hmm. But, but I mean, does it matter that we did that anyway? It absolutely matters. For if he ever shows his face again, it means that we absolutely know that you can handle them. Between you and Paulton, we can handle him. Well, and you guys. It's not yeah. like it's not I, like we would be able to do what we did without you. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, DF. I hit a rat with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but and that rat could have interfered. But I never would have been able to talk to everyone there in the way that you did to get to get us there. And you talked to Strahd and made him be how he was. You know how I am. I just run in and stabby stabby, and I can stab stab real good. But I can't. I can't plan the way you did. Pose. Yeah, and all I did was ruin an entire room with a fireball, which is considered property damage, which I'm pretty sure is against the law. Well, you yeah, we all contributed. <laughs> <laughs> I assume at some point, I, I assume at some point, Evelyn, you put your sword out. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but not before kind of being like, like waving it around a little bit. So, <laughs> okay. Paul's gonna keep the keep the nice coat on. He's just like, I'm I'm kind of feeling myself in this. I'm gonna. You do look really nice. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I thought everyone looked nice. You all looked wonderful. And still do. Strix has set her dress on fire and has just burned it off of herself. (laughs) (laughs) I liked that dress. (sighs) Like, it's just gone. Well, I know that maybe you haven't, like, had, you know, sister-type figures in your life very long, but, like, typically if someone loans you, uh, a dress, you don't set it on fire. I don't understand. Um, so, like, do you understand borrowing? Like, when you have something, but then you give it back to the person? Uh, so, like, it, sometimes a person lets you use something that isn't yours. So, you eat a, so it's like you eat a pie, and then you throw it up in your hands, and then give it back. Kind yes, of, except exactly. not, um, well, dresses aren't typically considered consumables. Oh, see, that's where I got confused. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know. It's not like a one-time thing. So, like, next that's time right. I loan you, like, a very expensive gown that I love, like, maybe don't, like, set it on fire. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. She's, like, feeling kind of bad. She's like, I'm really sorry. I'll make you a new one. Okay. You make pretty things. All right. I'll make you a new one. I'll make okay. you a new one. Do you want hey. it made out of rat fur or spider webs? Or? Uh, maybe just, like, hold off for now while I think about it. All right. Spiderwebs sounds cool. Actually, yeah, spiderwebs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, she's like taking notes. Like, let's make Evelyn a spiderweb dress to make up for stealing and burning her things. Okay. 
Thank you. But she still, Strix still has her hair up. Like it's still like up with a little feather in it that she leaves her hair like that for a while. Cute. All right. The, the, the peals of thunder become more infrequent uh, and seem to fade away over the course of the night. And even the fog um, by morning is mostly gone. Good. Sunlight. We all slept nicely. Uh, unless you unless you feel differently, I'm gonna say yes. I think Evelyn is so excited by the events of the day that she maybe has a tough time falling asleep. She does the kind of like hands clasped clasp on chest, stare at the ceiling or the canopy of her canopy bed, and like <sighs> just can't quite grasp what happened that day. While you're while you're sort of wrestling with that, Evelyn, you're also just sort of um, sort of mentally calendaring. Uh, where you are in the month and deciding that you probably should pay a visit to your temple mm-hmm. for just, you know, putting in your regular appearance and uh, attending uh, mass. Okay. She makes a note to ask the crew if they want to come with her tomorrow. Okay. Um, where is... Where where can I can I like hang with uh, Andrew for a bit? Absolutely. Okay, so I'm hanging with Andrew. And I'm just like, all right, man. I need you. I need you to learn something for me. This is very important. And I take <laughs> out the gun. <laughs> like, all right. So. Oh my god. <laughs> this. <laughs> Like, I don't know how, but we're going to make this work. All right? On this election day, 2018, (laughs) we teach a magical hand how to shoot a gun. Yeah, just like... We're not teaching it to this child, Simon, so... That's true. No, I I don't trust it with Simon at the moment, but I trust trust Andrew with this for some reason. Now, do I feel like I could teach it how to use it? Um, So... Andrew, Hand, by his very nature, is one-handed. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Hold on. And so hold on. he he could be he could hold it, but then you know he's now holding it and can't you know he has no hold fingers it. left, or maybe he has one if he you know. Uh, could he not like prop himself up on his on his he like could. stump? Absolutely, he could. Um, so he could definitely uh, do that and probably get a shot off in whatever direction it's so wanted. Um, okay. What he might have trouble doing is like reloading it. Ah. Uh, it would be a, right. it would be a long, what difficult a process. One shot it would be. <laughs> I bet if he practiced real though. hard, he could do it. It'd be uh, like a gymnastics thing. So do you want you want to want to see how he how he fares? Maybe, oh, maybe if I hold him and do it, well, then why wouldn't I just do it? But it'd be, it'd be <laughs> way more interesting for him. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Where's we're Simon? I'm going to have Simon uh-huh. reloaded and together they will operate a gun. <laughs> now, you're not to shoot it, Simon, but you can load it. No. Oh my God. <laughs> I won't teach Simon how to shoot it. He will only load it and he definitely won't try to shoot it because I didn't teach him how. All right. Right, Simon. Um, do me a favor, Paulton, and just make a sure. dexterity saving throw. Oh my god! Great. 
<laughs> 22. Okay. Uh, the, sh- the, the first time the shot goes off, it, it basically uh, it nearly takes your ear off. It's just kind of like a Okay, we definitely heard that. Yes. Oh, um, I also forgot uh, one important individual who has also been staying at the Waffle House. Oh, God. A gif named Warrington Munt. Oh, no, he heard that. He heard that. (laughs) Firearms! As as the weapon discharges in the wee hours of the night, all of you are, those of you who are asleep, are awakened with a start. Ah! Ah! And you hear a, by Jove! Uh Uh-oh. It's like, oh no, hide it, hide it, hide the gun, hide the, hide the gun now. You sort of... Evelyn's like, down the stairs. Kick it under the bed. (laughs) It's like... All right, everyone, everyone... And as soon as the rest of you show up in Paulton's room, everybody is just sort of conspicuously posed. (laughs) 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 Simon's just like T-posing. Yeah. (laughs) What was that thunder? Hey, thunder everyone. inside? Oh. You heard that too? I'm pretty sure the whole street heard that. What oh, was we, that? That I, was the retort of a flintlock pistol. What's oh, a flintlock pistol? Flint, yeah, what's, what is that? Please share with the class. <laughs> You've been into my gunpowder. What? <laughs> As this little cloud, this is sort of hanging over Paulton's head. <laughs> and it definitely smells like so you've been into that stuff. It's like, look, if it's under this roof, it is our gunpowder. Not that I was in it. Warrington Munt sort of looks around, adjusts his monocle, goes up to the wall and sees a hole in it right next to the wardrobe. Ah, I just ah. Like, I like slowly slide in front of the hole. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this, uh, Flint, what, what, what was it you called it? It is a flintlock pistol. Interesting. Is that some kind of not gun? Evelyn like leans over to Dieth and she's like, what are these words they're saying? Yeah, Dieth showed up basically still in whatever he wears while sleeping, but just had like a sort, like gutter out at the ready just in case. His entire time he says the face of. (laughs) (laughs) This is most odd. It appears, and Warrington moves to the center of the room and does an about face and stares at Paulton now Uh and says, and then looks down at the floor and says, by my measurements and trajectory, this was fired from the floor. Someone you very, must, very short shot that into the wall. It must be uh, a very tiny ghost. <laughs> Warrington just, kneels down to Simon's height and then looks back <clears throat> at the wall. No, too tall. Mm. <laughs> Diaz just goes, you guys figure out this one. It was fired from this exact spot. Who does fire? Strix does fire. Paulton doesn't do fire. I didn't fire anything. That wasn't me. And now I'm awake, so I'm just gonna start doing chores because I'm sad. Oh, maybe it was one of the cleaning. Maybe it was one of the kids. They don't know fire either. Or they'll have us believe that. But I don't see anything burned. I'm really confused. Am I dreaming? 
I don't do understand I, any of these words. Yes, this well, is all a dream. Go back to your room. The kids, the kids all come downstairs, and Jenks has got like his Albert doll, and he's clearly very tired. Oh, um, like walk into walls, tired. And, oh um, no, <laughs> poor Jenks. Yes, the other two, you know, equally tired. Mm. Nat is probably um, uh, like continuing to say like. You probably didn't hear anything. Go back to bed. You guys are crazy. It was mm-hmm. just a dream. Actually, Strix will will uh, corral the kids and be like, "Okay, well, I'm done cleaning, so it's midnight snack time. Everyone to the kitchen. Everyone gets a snack, and then everyone gets to go back to bed." Squidly heard like an explosion. Is probably like super hype. <laughs> He's just like, "What are we doing?" Yeah, Strix. Strix, I think at this point has a special pie for Squidly that makes him really sleepy. Ooh, I want that. Yeah. So she like has there's like a whole little bin of like Squidly pies, and she like hands him one of those, and then gives the other kids normal pies. Like back to bed. It's like Nyquil pies. <laughs> uh, you see, <clears throat> Warrington is checking Simon's hands for gunpowder residue. Not finding anything. Mm-hmm. Of course. I, uh, I want to, like, he hasn't spotted Handry yet, has he? No. Okay, I want to, like, like, telepathically communicate with Andrew to be like, hide, don't let him see you. Yeah, so sort of Warrington does a look around, and every time Warrington looks at one generation, Andrew, Andrew just sort of scuttles on the floor behind him. <laughs> oh, my God. To a new position under some piece of furniture. It's like, hmm. Well, I guess this is a mystery to be solved in the morning, but everyone's fine, mm-hmm. so that's fine. Indeed. I'm worried about you. You can't just have, like, fire happening in your room for no reason. I mean, it's, it's probably fine. I'm sure there was a good reason for it that I don't have a gun. I can just stay here and stand guard. I'm not real sleepy. Oh, that won't be necessary. Sure? We- no, it's fine. I'll do that. It's fine. I'll just stay. You get some sleep, and you and Simon just... That you know, go back to bed where you were sleeping peacefully, and I'll just keep watch. Kind of like shift eyes back to the bed, like <laughs> under the bed. I'm just like, okay, we'll just sleep on this bed where nothing is suspicious about it at all. Why would anything be suspicious? I just like lay like completely stiff. <laughs> <laughs> Did the did the kids go to bed? Did yes. they listen to yes. Strix? Okay. Yes. All right. In that case, Strix will um, walk. Will try and walk over. Well, she's thinking about going downstairs. She changes her mind and then just walks <clears throat> over to the DS door and is about to like knock on the door, and then just sleeps on the floor outside the door. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Warrington just sort of gives a raised eyebrow and a suspicious look about the room, and then heads back to his chamber. Fantastic. Evelyn's just like in her little nightgown keeping watch now. She's like, but she doesn't touch the floor, so she doesn't make any sound. But she's just like march patrolling across the bike. <laughs> like, marching. In, in Paulton's yeah. room or outside? Uh, in the room. Okay. Oh, good. <laughs> she's taking her patrol duties very seriously. Yeah, so Evelyn is float marching by your door, Paulton. Yes, it will be much easier to sleep now. I'm <laughs> <clears throat> oh, sorry, am I keeping you awake? I can be quiet. Yes, that is 
much more settling. <laughs> well. Good night. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you actually try to get some sleep while she's silently marching, watching over I, you? I guess I try. I feel like the gun's pretty well hidden, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Evelyn, Paulton eventually nods off, and you watch, and Simon just sort of watching you, his head <laughs> going back and forth, just watching you, occasionally darting down to the bed, but no, looking back, <laughs> back and forth, back and forth throughout the night. This is what mommy does. She protects you. Uh... Uh, you get a bit of an eye roll. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, I don't know, if she gets, like, really tired at a certain point. I think she probably, like, plops down on the floor and sits and watches after a while. I think that she doesn't keep the marching up too long. She, after she does that, um, she's, she sort of props herself up against the wall, and then she kind of falls over, wakes up. She sort of... Leans in a corner, finds that incredibly uncomfortable. Um, she probably, you know that... Too tired that to go back to her room. When you're, like, so, like, amped from a day that you're like, I could never sleep, and then all of a sudden you, it hits you, and you're like, I am dead, and she, like, just, like, can't... So, related to Paulton spatially, where does Evelyn finally nod off? Um, I think she's probably, like, sitting against, like... If, if this is the door, she's, like, right next to it, leaning against the wall, looking into the room. Okay. So not close. All right. The morning comes, and the bright dawn light shines through parts of the house. Um, now, most of you are in rooms that do not face the dawn, Evelyn is in Paulton's room that faces north. Um, Dieth's room also faces north. Strix's room faces south and west. Strix is in the hallway on the ground. Oh, right. She's in the hallway <laughs> outside, outside Dieth's room. So she's just in the dark. Um, okay. Um, so let's see. Do, 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 do. Bunk. Bunk, do. Paulton, you're the first one to wake up. You see Evelyn sleeping on the job like next drooling. to your door. Yeah. And snoring and like her hair like this. I like wake up and just like <laughs> like look under the bed for the gun, make sure it's still there. Uh, yeah. Like quietly. Okay, cool. Yes. It's like okay. Um, I want to like try to quietly take it and like sneak it just onto my person. Yeah, just make a sleight of hand check. Not a okay. hard one. Okay. Okay. Um. Dexterity, if you don't have it. 17. Okay, I believe that beats Evelyn's passive perception. Um, yeah. So, I believe Evelyn's passive perception is like four. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> it's 11, <girl>. thank you. <laughs> Yoink. Yeah. It's like, I'm just going to pretend to go back to sleep. Okay. Never woke up. All right, Strix, you wake up. <laughs> you're in the dark. You're in a dark hall. Oh, I forgot that I fell asleep here, so you just hear a continuous scream. No. <laughs> Dieth, well, you are now awake. I'm awake. <laughs> yep, yeah, same as before. Yeah. Darts the door, weapon ready at the hand. <laughs> <laughs> Finds Strix on the floor, just like huddle up, going, I'm sorry. 
Uh, yeah, he'll see Strix there and just kind of like uh, bend down on one knee and like reach out a hand to like help her up. Okay. Oh, yeah. She'll stand up and be like, I'm sorry I fell asleep outside your door because I was too afraid to knock on it. That's okay, Strix. Do you need to get back to bed? Oh, no. I slept. Floor is actually pretty easy to sleep on when all you've slept on is the floor. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for carding me. Hey, you're welcome. I, had, I was scared mostly, but I they can be considered guarding too. That's that's much much better. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, as you get up and conduct your morning business, you note you you realize that the kids are not in their room. They're downstairs making breakfast. Uh, with the help of with the help of some unseen servants, have basically whipping something up. You hear the clattering of pans, some strange combination of smells, uh. And, uh... Did I teach them this? Uh, no. Oh. But they've been here long enough to know where everything in the kitchen is. Huh. Neat. I'm impressed. And you can see, uh, when you walk in, uh, Jenks is sort of pointing his wand and seemingly moving things around, but it's actually the unseen servants who are doing it. (laughs) (laughs) They're actually helping him? Yes. Oh, yeah, Jenks is, like, really thrilled about this. He's just like, look, Strix, I know magic. Look, I did it. And Strix is just like, I know, you know, magic. You say a million, yeah. I get it. Yep, mm-hmm. The kitchen is, understandably, in complete <clears throat> disarray as a result of their handiwork, but no more so than it is whenever Strix is <laughs> in here. So, Strix, you're kind of not put out by this. Yeah, I just I just noticed I noticed that they they kind of have their own probably organized chaos. Yes. So I'm just gonna continue watching, and I'll probably go in and start helping them. Okay. Helping them finish breakfast for everyone, and, and you know, get a pie ready yeah. for waffles, and you get can a see pie all ready sorts of batter <laughs> around uh, Squidly's mouth. I'm like Squidly on his cloak. I don't don't no no eat, eat. whatever it's fine. I drugged you last night, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dice Cameron does not enjoy, endorse the drugging of children. <laughs> Only if they're bad. Yeah. Paulton uh, and Evelyn is still asleep. You hear clattering hey. downstairs. I'm going to... I'll just... At, at this point, it's probably time to actually get up. Yeah. Um, like, get out of bed and... Like just kind of think about waking her up. I'm like, hey, she's probably tired. She probably needs to catch up on sleep. And I'll just like let her stay asleep as I walk downstairs. <laughs> okay. He uh, was just like head against the wall. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, breakfast is had. Everybody, uh, most of what is served to you by the kids is completely inedible and uncooked. But uh, there's there's some eggs over easy that are you know passable and something that kind of looks like a waffle. Passable. (laughs) Kind of looks like a waffle. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Strix is going to eat it like it's the best food she's ever had, just to make them feel good. You've never had one with eggshells in it before, but it's kind of a neat texture. Oh, she likes it, yeah. Yeah. She's like, oh, they're good for you. One time I only ate eggshells for like five months. (laughs) Nice crunch. Using his forks to like very, very carefully remove each bit <laughs> of <the shell. laughs> okay. 
Actually, as like as Paulton's leaving the room, mm-hmm. um, like he kind of feels bad for her being like propped up against the wall. So, not that he's strong enough, but he wants to try and like pick her up and just like <laughs> flop her onto the bed. Just uh, be like, that's probably more comfy. She's not. She's not terribly large, despite her you know enormous strength. She's mm-hmm. you know a petite thing. Right. You're not wearing your armor, correct, Evelyn? Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, so oh, okay. you, can, you can manage it. Or at the very least, you can sort of drag her gently over toward the bed. <laughs> just, and I'm also terribly weak. Flop her into the unmade bed. Uh, just make a... Oh, no. <laughs> roll a d20 for me. I okay. See, I see her, like, kind of rolling me? out of yeah. open arms, oh, okay. like, falling face first onto the yeah. bed, and then yeah. bouncing up, <laughs> but still, like, just passed out the whole way. <laughs> I rolled a 12. Okay. Uh, somehow you kind of sleep through it all. <laughs> you, you might say something in your sleep, suggesting that somehow all of this has been incorporated into a dream you're having. <laughs> <laughs> Probably says something about weapons. Yeah. <laughs> I think Strix is also going is going to make a special breakfast for Evelyn because she's never up late and she's worried about her. So Strix is going to make her like like sunny eggs, like in the shape of a sun, oh, and nice. like and just some just a nice special breakfast, and just like leave it outside of the door because she's like Evelyn was sad because we killed Strahd, and she's out of vampires to kill. So I'm going to make her breakfast. Very good, very good. Uh, Evelyn, you wake up in Paulton's bed. She sits straight up, and her hair goes... (laughs) (laughs) No sign of Paulton anywhere. Ah! And she just zips (laughs) to her room. Oh, no. If you open the door too fast, you're going to run over the eggs. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so you... you, you, Well, you're... Are you running across the floor at this point, or are you flying? Flying. Okay. Yeah, you rip open the door, and you see two sun eggs on the floor on a little plate. With a smile. She's, She's like... On a tear to go to her room like as fast as possible because she's like not done her morning ritual. No one should see her like this kind of thing. But mm-hmm. then she's like, Rick sees the eggs and she's like, aw. Grabs them and runs. Okay. <laughs> Takes them to her room. When you get to your room and you can see where the sun is at, um, you can hear the ruckus downstairs, just the, the cacophony of voices talking and the usual morning business. But uh, you think that you are well and truly late for your mass. <gasps> oh no! She like tries to do her workout while she's getting ready. She's oh like in her hair and like also doing calisthenics yeah. and like throwing it. You know, puts her breastplate on backwards. Ah! You know, puts it back on. Is your breastplate magical? Mm-mm. One of the straps breaks. <laughs> <laughs> you pull you it. You pull it too pop- tight, and it just snap comes right off. You hear all this, like, just, like, little grunts and squeals from Evil Dream, like, ah! <laughs> as, as you whip around, the plate with the sunny eggs on it tips off the table and falls <gasps> flat on the floor. Oh, no! This is so sad. I relate to this so hard. <laughs> and then you just see this sort of egg ooze coming out from underneath the plate. Oh, no! Don't worry, we'll fix you a single piece of toast and you can run out the door with it in your mind. <laughs> also, Strix is mending, don't forget. Nate. Mend an egg. <laughs> it can't rise. Is that in the rules? 
She's just, I guess she just does her best and then kind of like tumbles her way down the stairs. <laughs> you're, in, you're in somewhat disarray. Um, you know, there's... But she's like desperately trying to smooth things as she goes, like still working on getting ready. She's like hopping and like finishing one boot kind of thing and comes down and she's like, I'm late for mass. Are you guys coming with me? Uh, nope. Dieth was probably explaining to anyone who's listening, Strix or Bolton or whoever was there out loud about problems and suspicions he has about Lady Espelay. Uh, well, Strix is definitely definitely listening. She's like, mm-hmm, she's bad. Yeah, he's talking about that, how she just got the keys and all that. And he's how she's likely after the dragon horde, blah blah blah. And then Evelyn shows up, and he's just like, oh, ah, it, yeah, this will be quick, right? Yeah, I mean, you, I. Uh, yeah. Did they? Well, I assume that when because they lived with me at the spire, so I assume there was like at least sometimes when Evelyn would like get them to come with her. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how they felt about it. Like maybe they did it out of obligation, or maybe it like wasn't so bad. Maybe it was kind of peaceful. I don't know. But I think that sometimes they would come and just like lurk. Paulton used to like, steal the wine, so it was cool with him. It's it's like when your friends ask you like, "Hey, want to come to the bar and watch my band play tonight?" And you're like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Paul would be like, "I mean, if it's for the the blood of Lathander that needs to be consumed, then we must obviously, you know, give thanks to whatever." Let's go. I mean, I feel like he really did help us, and we should probably thank him, especially for last night when we killed Strahd, and we used the Sun Sword, which is basically like Lathander Sword, you know? And uh, he blessed us with his light, and she's because she's frantic, she's starting to do the, like, constant talking about Lathander thing and just kind of drowns out everything else and is kind of just, like, pushing everyone toward the door. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Evelyn, when you whip open the door, you see on the other side, like, just... He was just about to knock on the door when you whipped it open... It's Strahd. <laughs> Standing in the dawn light, the vampire strut. No. Um, Todd. Oh, my God. Oh, Curse of Todd. Curse of Todd. <laughs> the true nemesis of the campaign. Uh, and then he, you, you sort of catch him off guard with the haste with which you whipped the door open, and he was surprised that his hand did not actually connect with the wood, and he almost knocked you on the forehead, um, but stopped short of that and pulled back in surprise. You can see there are a couple other city guards standing away from the door out in Troll Skull Alley, just sort of waiting on him. And after his initial <laughs> shock, uh, he, he just sort of uh, uh, looks at you up and down for a second, like, you're going to go out looking like that? <laughs> uh, hi, Todd. Blessings of the morning Lord upon you. Would you like to accompany us to Mass? Uh, regretfully, he says no. Uh, he just came by to let you know that a city magistrate has kind of smoothed things over with the Margaster family. And whatever transpired there, and he doesn't claim to know what, uh, will not be visited upon you in any way. 
Evelyn's in that awkward uh, position where, like, someone's saying something really nice, and it's very nice of them to have come all this way, and, like, you know that you should, like, invite them in and, like, talk to them for a while, but she's, like, on her way. She's like, that's so nice. Thank you, Todd. I really appreciate it. Okay, we got to go. Um, th- uh, maybe you could come over later for some coffee or something. Uh, you're not, you didn't hear his reply <laughs> as you uh, barrel out of the Waffle House. Uh, who's the last one out the door? Um, I think it'll be, it'll be me because I'm trying to decide if I want to bring Albie or not as like a friend. Mm. I decide to leave him at home because I think he might be too scary because I saw Dia's face. <laughs> I'm like, and he's like, <laughs> so she's like, oh, okay. And you go watch the kids. Okay. Uh, in in the mad rush, is it just going to be the four of you at this point? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah Waffles, take care of the kids. Batman, <laughs> you too. Are you going to bring your hand? <laughs> your gun hand? Oh, <laughs> mm, I'll, I'll, I'll leave him behind. Okay. It's like. Uh, hey, don't- you're probably fine. Okay. You're not going to bring gun hand to mass? We have a gun hand. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nah. Uh, are you uh, planning to go there by foot then? Yeah. Okay. You reach the spires of the morning. You can see that um, Evelyn, you're familiar with this because you visited the temple periodically over the last couple of weeks, but there has been sort of a, a little bit more pomp to the uh, outside regalia, guards dressed in golden armor stationed at various entrances, particularly after the security breach involving Xanathar. Um, The guard presence here has been greater, but they're all done up in ceremonial uh, sun armor, uh, bearing not the familiar symbol of Lathander, but the older, more archaic sun symbol of Amanator. And uh, as you lead them as you lead your friends past the guards who don't even bat an eye at you. Um, well, maybe on this occasion, one or two of them do sort of look at you uh, in a slightly different way. It, maybe it's the way you are composed yourself this morning. Maybe it's just your urgency, but something about it is different than normal. Uh, so you do catch a little askew glance, but then nothing beyond that. Uh, You head in, and you can see that people are spilling out of the the narthex, the nave, out through side doors and whatnot, the mass having concluded about five minutes ago. Uh, I I think Oh, no, we missed it. Oh. Um, Well, before before we react to that, I want to say I think that Evelyn has probably in the last few weeks been, if she's been visiting the temple, I think she's also probably been like spending some time in study mm-hmm. about um, this whole like Aminatur rebrand thing. It's really been bugging her. Like mm-hmm. um, she still says all her prayers to Lathander, but I assume during the mass, Lathander is less and less present and we're hearing an Aminatur a lot and it's really just like weighing on her. Um, so I think she's been doing like scriptural reading and like talking to a few of the church elders, like, kind of trying to get a sense of, like, what's going on and why. Okay. Uh, make a, learn- you can make an investigation check, or if you don't have the skill, intelligence. Uh, 14. Uh, with that role, you're able to ascertain that um, 
Uh, Amanator is sort of symbolically represented by the sun, not just the morning as, the, as Lathander, sort of Lathander puts the emphasis on the morning, whereas Amanator is really a sun god. But there is this sort of element of bureaucracy to Amanator that Lathander does not have in his portfolio. Uh, this sort of order that, you know, everything happens in a prescribed way, the same way, all the time. It's routine. And Amanator's worship is extremely so. And, and the bureaucracy that accompanies it, also so. Um, but what you're able to learn with your 14 is that uh, Father Sunbright is bringing in a consultant, uh, someone, a, a Amanator pilgrim, a traveling priest of great renown named Father Andrew Cormeril to help him redefine the church in Amanator's way. Uh, and, and when they, when he, she had asked him about it before, he had said like, "Oh, I'm not through Lathander. They're the same thing. It doesn't matter, right?" Yeah, in a fashion, he said, "Not nothing would, nothing would change about how you, you know, conduct yourself or your your position within the the temple or anything like that." So as mass is like just getting out, and we've missed it, Evelyn's visibly like <clears throat> very dismayed. Um. And like very troubled because she, she seems to give the impression that at mass today, yeah. there was some some reason she really wanted to be there. There are also large parts of the inside of the temple that are closed off, and have been sort of shut down as renovations are ongoing. And are so, there any more large Evelyn statues? There are not. Uh, the one that did exist is no longer there, having shattered. Uh, so there are no other effigies of Evelyn haunting this enormous place. Uh, you do see Sister Incensia having uh, a conversation with another priest of the temple. And it's a, a, a bit of an argument, and you can uh, tell that she's red-faced and quite upset. And if I remember correctly... Incencio was the one that kind of tipped me off that things are maybe like changing more uh, than you've been told. Right. Yeah. Uh, she comes. She sees you, uh, and a smile crosses her face. The the frown disappears quickly. She makes her way over to greet you and your friends. And those of you who haven't met uh, uh, Sister Incencio before, she is a a large, very pretty woman, and um, in her, you you guessed mid-40s, late-40s, maybe early-50s. Uh, it's hard to tell. She carries herself very well, and, and time, if it, is, if it has passed greatly for her, has been very kind. Uh, but you can see some, some worry lines uh, form in her face, and she tells you, she confides in you, Evelyn, that um, the temple's... Uh, she said, well, The way she frames it is this. Your request about the orphanage and possibly putting the children up here, um, uh, that has been denied. Uh, the orphanage is temporarily closing down and we're sending the children who are here to other places in the city until the new bureaucracy is set up. But uh, for the time being, all funds are being channeled into the restoration of the temple. Well, that just can't be right. There's just no way. That, 
that just can't be right. Well, apparently the, the temple is not fit for Amanator's glorious return. Wait, what? When was the glorious return? Wait, what? Strix like peeks around. <laughs> like I think I think this has gone too far. I think that someone something has to be done. And I far be it for me to challenge the authority of the church, but who's making these decisions? Well, the priests have basically elected uh, Father Sunbright as uh, at least uh, for the time being. Uh, the high priest of this temple. He has a great deal of support, and now with the arrival of Father Cormeril, is solidifying that support. Well, that's good, because I know Father Sunbright real well, and I'm sure that he would be willing to talk to me, and I'll go talk to him, I'll point out this oversight that I'm sure he didn't do on purpose, and I'm sure that he'll change his mind. He has told me that he has your full support. Well, yeah, of course, he's my friend and mentor and all that, but I'm sure he, uh, I'm sure he wouldn't ever just turn. Whoa, whoa, whoa! He's saying that she, ha- he has Evelyn's full support. That's what I'm saying. Yes, Evelyn. At what point did you say you were in full support of this? Well, I told him that he had my support as Evelyn. a leader of the church. Evelyn, at what point did you say you're in full support of this? Well, I didn't say that. I'm sure it's just a mistake. Mm. You said they're being displaced to other orphanages. Which ones? Where? She says, uh, three priests have been tasked with basically uh, making sure that the children are well provided for. They have all the documentation. If you fill out the requisite paperwork, you uh, you can probably obtain some of that information, given that Evelyn is your friend. Of course. I think we should just all go talk to Father Sunbright and let him know that, of course, he wouldn't want all of these orphans to be spread all over the city. It's hard enough not having a home other than a home together, and they should all stay together in their home, and they should stay in the temple. So let's just go talk to Father Sunbright, and, and I'm sure that he'll make it right. Yes, Strix is going to look at, look at, and uh, <coughs> see, I just be like, I'm pretty sure that when you start kicking orphans out, you are a bad person. Can't argue with that. Yeah, I think Evelyn's right. The first thing we should do is talk to Father Sunbright and see exactly where he's getting these notions. Uh, Sister Incensia um, gives Strix and and Diaz basically a, a look like she doesn't dispute what you're saying, and then she basically leans into you, Evelyn, and says, "May I have a word with you in private?" Sure. She'll take you aside. Eh. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's, there's enough acoustics here where if you really want to sort of position yourselves strategically, you could probably overhear this conversation. You know we will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so uh, she says, I don't know when, but soon, um, Priestess Zeressa's appointed... Um, uh, successor is destined to arrive in the city. She's traveling a great distance to get here, so it's unclear exactly when she will arrive. Um, but she's left Cormier, left Cormier some time ago, and could arrive in Waterdeep any day now. 
And what do I, do I already know about this person? You have heard that um, the, the previous high priest, Zares, had picked someone to succeed her. Uh, you do know that it was somebody not of Waterdeep. And you uh, were told by Sister Incensia the last time you spoke that this individual's name is Talastan Adaragon. And I, um, I don't know anything about her other than that Zares picked her. Uh, Incensia says Zares picked her and that she is a true follower of Lathander. Well, good. Maybe she can help me talk some sense into these boys. Incensia says, I, I'm, I'm not sure that's how it's going to play out. What do you mean? Well, from what I've heard, Talastan Adaragon is a bit of a, well, rather like Zares herself, a bit of a renegade. She does things her own way. Um, within, the sp- within the spiritual edicts of our temple, of course, it's nothing shady, but I've heard rumors about her that she is not like us. What do you mean? She takes you a little bit farther away into a corner. <laughs> we like follow. <laughs> and she says, she's a drow. Oh. Yeah? A dark elf. Mm-hmm. A f- priest of Lathander. Great. <laughs> you really think so? Why not? <laughs> anyway, Mother, <laughs> Mother Zares asked me to look after her upon her arrival, and I intend to do just that. Yeah, I love Zares. I th- wait, do I remember Zares? Uh, you, you, know, you knew of her before you met her in, in her dead state. But I hadn't actually, yeah. like, met her, met her. No. I just knew of her. Exactly. Yeah. Well, if, if Zares liked her, then I sure am going to like her. Yes. And she sort of looks back at your weird coterie of friends and says, I, you may be right. Hi, lady. <laughs> <laughs> at the drow comment, Paulton, like, leans over to Strix and is just like, precious. <laughs> <laughs> She just nods, like, mm-hmm, yep. Mm. Well, I just feel like probably if I go talk to Father Sunbright, we'll unravel this whole thing. He'll get off this Aminatur kick and <laughs> let the orphans come. And by the time she gets here, everything will be hunky-dory. Uh, you can see uh, the, the, the father has left the main uh, temple and is... Uh, talking to a bunch of people, but given time, you can sort of separate him from the rabble and uh, basically uh, corner him somewhere where you can have a conversation, just you and him. I think you can tell that Evelyn's like, she's putting on her church face and she's like, you know, very proper and everything, but you can tell she's kind of nervous for this conversation. It seems like this is why she was like so intent on being at mass because she was planning on talking to Father Sunbright after having done all this kind of like soul searching on the Aminator subject. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's like asking her friends to come along with her. Like she's very much toting them as like security blanket moral support, even if she's not saying like, I'm nervous. So she, she kind of was like, come on, come on. I have to go talk to Father Sunbright. 
Let's not get separated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's let's go. All right. So the three, the four of you, uh, are able to converge upon him, and you can see he's all smiles. Uh, Sunbright is a sort of average height, average build man, youngish, um, late thirties, possibly, uh, with bright blonde hair and a blonde beard. Not terribly long, uh, well-trimmed hair, well-trimmed beard, in the full, the full uh, priestly vestments of Amanator. Wasn't Sunbright the one that trained me when I was a kid? That's right. Does he, wouldn't he have to be a little bit older? Uh, well, this is um, doubtless the work of some magic. I thought so. Okay, well, anyway, uh, Evelyn walks up and is like, Hello, Father Sunbride. Blessings of the morning, Lord, to you in this new dawn. And uh, he, he um, says, You're late. I am sorry. <laughs> and you're... Uh, he, he stops there. Um, and says, what can I do for you, sister? Well, I was hoping to catch you because I had been doing some um, deep devotional study, and I just, I had some thoughts and questions that I wanted to talk over with you, you know, as a mentor. And then also, I was just talking um, to Incensia, and she told me that there had been this oversight um, about some orphans and that they were being sent away from the temple where normally they would, of course, stay and have a home as is the, you know, mission of the church to, to provide a safe haven and, and help for those in need. And I'm sure that it's a, a misunderstanding of some kind. So I wanted to let you know that was going on and hopefully help make sure that the orphans could come and stay here altogether instead of being all separated and sent away. He says, the temple here has been mismanaged for a tremendous amount of time, much to my dismay, I might add. This all came to light very recently, and so I've appointed a body of priests to help me get us to where we need to be. And so, temporarily, I've reallocated funds to regilding the domes and the spires, as well as various interior chambers that have basically been neglected. We are going to be attracting a tremendous number of new followers once Amanator rises to his pinnacle once again. And the space that this demands is great. And yes, we are one of the largest temples in the city, and yet our plans require us to make sacrifices. You see Evelyn kind of get like a little bit of a, like a, like a bee in her bonnet. Because he kind of, he's quoted a little scripture at her. And if there's anything she can do is quote yes. scripture back. Mm-hmm. She's kind of like, did Lathander not say that what good is a golden shelled egg if what's inside provides no nourishment? Yes, indeed. Absolutely. And all of that text came from the 
far more ancient and true texts of Amenator. So we agree that no matter how shiny the outside of something is, it's the inside that really counts? Exactly. And so the, the orphans the, can come stay? Well, no, not necessarily. You see, there are places throughout the city, well-tended orphanages, that have space, and they are far more capable of educating these young spirits in the skills that they need to survive and prosper in this world, whereas before our attentions were divided. You know... And when the time comes, when they are of age, we will bring them back into the temple in various capacities that the young and you know, can serve, and they will learn the warmth and embrace the faith of Amenator. I think that, with all due respect, that might be a little backwards, because, yeah, children need to be educated and they need to know the truth, but... They also they need, need to know how the real world works. They need warmth first. They need love first. They need care and each other and friendship first. Yes. Yeah. I don't think the orphanages are nice. You hear it from the back. <laughs> Dia can probably attest to that. Yeah, she's like scant, like askance looking at yes. Dia, like, Ugh. We must have faith in our fellow Water Davians. They, we are all one community. This temple does not exist in isolation from the rest of the city. We are part of the city, and we have to do things to create ties, important ties to the city. You know what? You're so right. And Evelyn looks at like the masses of people leaving the temple and she flies up into the air and she's like, people of our community, fellow worshippers of Lathander. Oh, no, she's people like, oh, of she's doing a thing. Alton like just starts like playing. <laughs> back. Oh, she... <laughs> Strict sides under a table. Actually, is there like a is there like an organ in this establishment? Sure. Cool. He just runs over. There's playing something in G major. It's <laughs> really uplifting. You know the plot of so many in our city who are less fortunate than us, don't you? <laughs> make, Not, a, right? make a persuasion oh, check. Can I, from under the table, do some like um, like thaumaturgy of crowd noises going? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> sure. Basically, like, and, and the least of these, the most needy, are our children, right? Yes, and the we, children. And you the do children. see several parents with their children and and whatnot in the in the crowd. Um, like like specifically points at families with children. <laughs> <laughs> this guy knows. The the church must provide for those who need warmth and love and a family, and we can provide that. But unfortunately. The church finds itself financially unable to provide for these orphans right now. So what do we do? We stand with each other as a community, right? We provide for these orphans, right? And we're going to start a fund right now to make sure the orphans can stay here in Waterdeep together, aren't we? She rolls a 20. Okay. Oh. Yes. Uh, so yeah, you get the you get the crowd uh, energized the, as the light shines through the high windows and gleams off of your hair and armor and accoutrements and your boots and your wings, 
She's uh, using her emoji shield, which has the angel emoji nice. on it, um, <laughs> as like a receptacle, and she's taking like a collection. Oh, so fluttering saying, around and just sort of taking a, yeah. a sizable collection. Yeah, people will... Like, bless you, people of our community, we're one family. Yes, and she's just like, you know, creating a community feeling. You, uh, Yeah, they start to dig deep into their purses and spill coins onto your shield. A few well-dressed nobles with their uh, prim and properly dressed children kind of look at you ruefully, um, a little bit embarrassed not to contribute uh, as others look upon them, and so they throw some coins in as well. And Solon also notices the, the like nobles not donating, and then he's just like, plus it's tax deductible. <laughs> <laughs> and so more coins get heaped on uh, as you make your way around. You can feel the weight of the generosity uh, in your shield, Evelyn. And I think what... Um what I'm trying to get across that she's done is basically like ignore the bureaucracy of the church uh -huh. to get something good done. And she doesn't care that she's basically saying, hey, the church is too poor to do good work. Uh, so DF, you hear work. Father Sunbright muffle to, mumble to himself, she is fucking insane. <laughs> uh, DF snaps right back over at him, just says, what the fuck did you just say? I'm sorry, Do my I, son. What was that? What did you just say just now? Call him son. And uh, he says, my son, I don't know what you mean. I heard it. What father or priest of the Thander looks at what she's accomplishing right now to help refugees and says, what the fuck is wrong with her? And Diaz says it's very, very loud. Loud, that's... Mm -hmm. Echoes, gets thaumaturgy from the acoustics. Yep. <laughs> Please, my son, do not say such words in this holy place. Yes, I agree. So then why did you say that? Is he attracting a crowd? Uh, people are definitely hanging on Diaz's loud, echoey words. Um, but uh, Father Sunbright says, let us speak in chambers. Privately. We don't go anywhere that's not that's private. We all go together. <laughs> but could do go, go somewhere in private, but you know, together. Yeah. Yes. Right. And he says he turns to the crowd and says It is this generous spirit that carries this city above all peers and makes us the envy of the north. I start playing like evil music as he's talking. He stops talking as he realizes that his words are not being conveyed properly with the musical <laughs> accompaniment. And uh, he retreats from the temple, uh, clearly making uh, his way to his chambers. I'm going to go with him to okay. pr speak privately, but as Diaz does, he's actually going to turn back towards Strix and Paulton. Mm -hmm. uh, looking at Strix and giving a hand signal, just being like polymorph rat. <laughs> and looking over at Paulton, just gives him like a, a symbol for like, like you invisibility. He gives a signal and then I like, I'm like, and I like slowly, like kind of open up the coat and point of the gun. I'm like, <laughs> 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 
that's the trick. <laughs> it's like, and he just just instantly just goes invisible. Yeah. Oh, uh, evil and you can basically take your shield of coins over to Sister Incensia and a group of other priests who will just sort of hold out their gowns and make like bowls out of them that you can just sort of pour the coins into. Evelyn's in full like representative of the church mode so now she's like continuing to take collections talking to families like thanking them shaking hands if, pressing palms if you only know. she could see her hair <laughs> oh, oh no it's like <laughs> alright Strix will also rat and follow DF okay Strix rat follows DF mm-hmm. Paulton Invi- yep invisible following gun out in Hmm? Gun loaded. Oh. Um, Whoa! <laughs> no, just, just, just still, just still on the All person. Right. Got it. <laughs> okay, uh, Evelyn, you notice as you dump the last of the gold out into the caring hands of priests that you like, um, you notice your friends ambling off, and Dieth sort of gives you a very quick little symbol mm-hmm. sign. To me. Probably. What did What did you signal to me, Dieth? Uh. Probably to signal to you where we're going and something along the lines of we'll be right back. So, like, giving me the impression that I should keep, mm. I should finish up what I'm doing and yeah. you guys are going to yeah. go. Yeah, Paulton, while he's invisible, will, like, run by Evelyn, just kind of, like, whisper. Just be like, we're going to get Father Sunshine ass or whatever. We'll be back. Wait, wait what? <laughs> <laughs> you don't see him. You just hear him. I think she, she starts to be troubled by that, but then, like, another... Noble comes by and like grabs her hand and you know starts talking to her again. So I think she gets swept up in like the mm-hmm. the yeah. community event she's created and stays out there. All right. Yes, you and are you also- are intercepted, Evelyn, by a lady Amcathra, who introduces you to her son, Dortimer. Amcathra hey. is the the family that commissioned the statue, right? That's correct. And uh, she tells you that uh, she, regret, she regretted hearing that the statue was destroyed in some act of criminal vandalism, but mm-hmm. it was a pale candle to you anyway. Uh, and then she introduces her son, who, uh, thanks to you, is, uh, was able to be brought back from the dead after a horse accident. <gasps> Do I, when I look at him, does the memory come back? Yes. <gasps> She sweeps him up in a hug and like twirls him around. Yeah, he is. And he is the boy that you, whose spirit you met in the soulmonger. And she's kind of like wide-eyed because she hasn't remembered like a full set of events or a full person from that time yeah. before. You can see that and he's just sort of dumbstruck by this, by you sort of sweeping him up and. I remember you. And you can see sort of a faint, just a very dim recollection in his eyes as well. Like, he does recognize you, but he's at a loss for words. We were dead together. <laughs> <laughs> you can see the mother get a little uncomfortable and look to her valet uh, when you say that to her child. <laughs> and we're both alive. Isn't Lathander wonderful? But then she smiles and looks around at all of the other people around. And uh, the boy looks uh, sort of momentarily horrified, and then he starts to tell you about uh, how he was riding his horse um, 
and uh, he he remembers leaping over or the horse leaping over a hedge and him falling and hitting his head, but he doesn't remember anything after that. Oh, well, I didn't until just now, but I remember us spending time together in Lathander's realm, and we rode horses there, and we didn't fall. And even if we did, it didn't hurt because we were in heaven. And it was real nice. And I rode um, Morning Glory, my horse, who was a peg, and she just, like, is telling him everything she remembers from beginning to end, everything that they did together. But she makes it sound really fun and exciting and pleasant and not scary like being dead. Okay. While that's going on, you can hear um, the, the mother is... Uh, is just sort of standing there, hands clasped, um, nodding and smiling, and generally looking very, very pleased that this is going so well. And she says, you know, um, perhaps the least we can do, um, I mean, we, we made the donation to the church, of course, but we never really thanked you. Perhaps you would join us for dinner sometime. <gasps> that would be so lovely. I would love that. Could I bring a plus three? She looks at the valet and says, of course, yes. <gasps> Thank you. That's so kind. I would love that. When would be a good time? Uh, do you live here at the temple? No. Um, I, I live in a house. Well, you could give my valet your address, and I will have an invitation sent to you. <gasps> oh, that's so fancy. Okay. And she somehow scribbles down the address. Yeah, you're so, you don't have anything on you to do that, uh, but her valet can produce something and basically take the notation of where you live. Okay. Uh, so that's taken uh, care of. The rest of you uh, follow the father into his chamber. When you get there, the room is not empty. There is another man, older, um, maybe in his 50s, with, tall and very thin, with stringy long hair that goes down over his shoulders, uh, and uh, he's got a very sort of um, uh, pronounced widow's peak and thick eyebrows uh, that give his brow and his, uh, his countenance uh, sort of an intensity, almost uh, hawk-like features, um, a very sort of sharp nose, angular cheekbones, and piercing ice blue eyes. Uh, and as he looks over toward you, you can see he's got a pendant of Amenator around him, but he's fairly modestly dressed. He's not dressed in the full priestly vestments and regalia of the temple. Mm. And uh, Father Sunbright says, Father Andrew Cormeril, these are water Davians. Well, it's just me. You should only oh, see me. Right, that's right. right. Yeah. This is, he is a, a <clears throat> follower of our church. Uh, sure. And, uh, and if he also, then he adds, and also resided here for a time, didn't you? Uh, well, yeah, that was a long time ago, but yes. Yes, I remember the records. And uh, you can see that this other priest is standing next to a wine cabinet and is basically pouring himself a drink. Mm-hmm. And Paulton, you see that it is a resplendent display of wines. Uh, based on the nature of these, this cabinet, you think that these are probably wines that have been gifted to the priest, or maybe uh, Father Sunbright is actually a bit of a, a collector of, of wine. 
but Father Cormeril is having his lot. Hmm. Is there so anything when, I can? Oh, go ahead. So when I when I when an object's on my person, it is also invisible, right? Correct. Okay, I'm going to wait for the proper time to like sneak over <laughs> and just like occasionally just steal a bottle and tuck it in my my coat. Not when they're being used, of course. Yes. Uh, the 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 visiting priest comes over to you, Diath, uh, extends his hand. He's got a drink in the other hand, but he extends his hand in friendship to you to shake it. And he says, please, um, while I am a member of the church, of the temple, while I'm traveling, I prefer the name Andrew Morn. Uh, sure. Dieth will take the hand and shake it and say, uh, yeah, I'm Dieth Woodrow. Delighted. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Father Sunbright goes on to tell you that uh, Father Morn is a, he is a traveling priest, a pilgrim who has taken the faith of Amenator across the north, far to the east, as far as Rashomon, he says, which is about as far as you can imagine. And then uh, has brought the faith of the sun to the sort of most remote corners of the world and even converted a few dwarves. And uh, Father Morn, a.k.a. Father Cormeril, looks a little immodest at this, uh, very proud of his accomplishments and kind of looks down his nose at you. Hmm. I'm not impressed. I get the yeah. sense that this is a private conversation. I will see <clears throat> myself out and back to my own quarters. It was a pleasure to meet you, D.F. Uh, great to meet you, uh, Andrew. He, he looks to Father Sunbright, Andrew, and then leaves. Bye, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Father Sunbright, after uh, Father Cormero leaves, says that was not very polite. Sorry, I'm not very good about these things. Speaking of not being polite, he says to, to you, yourself? in my fucking temple, I'll talk how I please. <laughs> now seems like a good time to grab a bottle of wine. <laughs> Make a sleight of hand check to see if you can do it without the bottle being, uh, its departure being noticed in any way, shape, or form. Do I get advantage for being invisible? Yes. Sweet. Okay. Uh, 14. Okay. Um. <laughs> Let me... Uh, you're sort of horrified with how badly you do that. And yet, and yet, uh, there's no indication that Father Sunbright noticed. And he was practically staring at the cabinet at the time. Um, maybe he just missed it by a, a scant hair of a second. You, you pilfered it away before he saw it. Uh, but he goes over to the cabinet uh, <clears throat> and actually takes the a bottle down and a couple empty glasses and goes over to his desk and pours one for him and one for Dia. And he says, let's clear the air. I grab a glass and that turns invisible. <laughs> and then just, <laughs> <laughs> just watch. And he, he'll pour a drink for himself. He'll pour a drink for you. Uh, he'll tell you about the vintage Diaz. You don't really care. Uh, he'll set the bottle down and then he'll take his cup and hand you one. And he says, you want to talk straight? Let's talk straight. 
Sure. We can start off by you saying that this is your temple. I was under, under the understanding that this belonged to Lathander. Well, or you're wrong. I'm not. I have tremendous support among the priesthood, and they have installed me here to course correct, to set us on the right path. And I know in my heart, and I know that this is the path that we must walk. Amanator is rising, and when he does, we must be prepared. Prepared for what? For he that illuminates us all. Or, uh-huh. more to the point, for the, the, the gifts and glory that he will visit upon us for showing him the respect that he deserves in his long-awaited return. And you believe the way you get prepared for this is by living lavishly, spending money to put up gold on walls? To show that we care, that his return is important to us. Now, I am not the most well-versed in, say, I'm a nodder, but generally speaking, I would imagine that whatever god of the sun probably doesn't give a shit at whatever jewels you're wearing. And you're the expert. He takes a drink. During this talk, invisibly, as Paulton's sipping his wine, he also kind of just, you know, standing behind him, takes out the gun, and then just kind of gets it ready, points it, points it at him. <laughs> the, uh, the, the father uh, goes back and sets his drink down, and he says, it's the dawn of a new day, D.F. There's a new sheriff in town, and that sheriff is me. Ew. Ew. Can I, can I, like, I'm like rat next to him. Is there anything I can see, like, in his desk that looks, like, fishy while I'm ratting around? Fishy? Um, no, you can see that there's sort of a, a, a stamp and uh some sort of uh, religious books propped up on his desk. His chair is sort of a, a beautiful, gilded um, monstrosity yes. uh, with, a, with a chair adorned with this sun symbol. Uh, this is all fairly new. You can see that a lot of the uh, decor in the room has recently been replaced because uh, you've probably been through this area before. Uh, old symbols replaced with new symbols. There's a new big sort of bronze sun symbol hanging on the wall behind the desk between two tall windows that have uh, gold-threaded brocade um, curtains uh, bl- coincidentally sort of shielding against the sun at the moment. Um, symbolic. Yeah. Mm. Um, all right, then I'll just try and gnaw a hole through his robe. Okay. <laughs> Success. That'll get him. <laughs> Uh, got him. I'm like, I take my little rat yeah, hand. You, you, sort of, you sort of tear off like the lower trim on his robe yeah. uh, in sort of this long tapering strand behind mm-hmm. him. All right, mission accomplished. Yeah. Uh, so after you like, after... Do you partake of the uh, that, wine? Uh, I don't drink any, no. Okay. It's just like kind of holding the glass this whole time. And after that display of bravado... Uh, Dieth will say, so that this is what this is all about. You're just seeking power for yourself, so you can make yourself feel better? No, not at all. It's not about me. It's about the preservation of belief and faith and knowing 
that the temple is not being mismanaged, that the money that the water Davians are investing in this place is being used wisely. And now you're an investment. I thought the only thing the temples cared about was not about money or things, but oh, always about life itself. Please. This is a symbol. We're standing in a giant symbol. And this symbol will crumble under its own weight without the money to support it. Money is everything in this city, Diath. It's not what I want. It's what it is. If you want to be the highest and the mightiest and you want to attract followers, then you have to win over the nobility. The nobility is the money in Waterdeep, and they will invest heavily if they believe that the church is working. Is it hot in here, or is it just me? I've never had such aspirations. I've never wanted followers or power or anything like that. Only a safe place for me and my friends. And at one point, this We all have a calling. Mine has brought me here. And until some higher power says that I am not fit, then And he collapses. Oh, no. Don't like, tap those higher powers, man. I become uninvisible. I'm just like, <laughs> I didn't shoot the sheriff. <laughs> oh, my God. Diath, you can nope. see uh, that he... He, he looks stone cold dead by the time he hits the floor. Uh, time to go? I immediately put down go. the wine glass. Uh, yeah, check his body to see if he's like, see if he's like still alive or choking or whatever. Seeing he's dead. And then I immediately like go and check his wine glass. Okay. Paul's um, hands are up just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Gonna turn turn back from a rat and like immediately like find some way to like block the door like to not let people in. Okay, so you're just like gonna you're, gonna you're basically gonna go over and shove a chair underneath yeah. the gilded handles yeah. of the door. <laughs> yeah, and just be like, no one can find us in here like this. They are going to think that we did this, so we need to leave. I have a spell that can get us to leave, so we're gonna leave. But let's find out what's going on first, and then we're gonna leave. Okay, uh, DF, you can see that. Uh, his flesh is starting to turn black in front of your eyes, and you realize he's essentially flaming out. Oh. He, he is burning away into uh, basically charred remains. It's like I'm, his skin is just spontaneously combusting before your eyes. I, what the fuck? <laughs> just based on what limited knowledge I've had from... And you go over to the wine and you look at it. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna now. You've you've dabbled in. You probably had poisoners kits or you whatnot. And uh, I'm not super knowledgeable about poisons, so I'll, like I'm immediately like going through my catalog of knowledge and be like, is there any poison that even freaking does this? I feel like Strix might know. Uh, you can either make a intelligence arcana or intelligence nature. I'll do an arcana check. I feel like that's in my abilities. Can I get. Can I give like a poisoners? Yeah. Or what, what kind of uh, so I will I will let you. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'll let you make <laughs> an investigation check, Dia. Yay! I only got a twelve. Okay. Uh, oh, investigation twenty-one. Okay. Um, this is very. You do believe that the wine 
is poisoned. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you believe it is a, it is a mag- probably magical in nature, and you think that uh, you have ooh, 21. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, but also, even with the roll, I could... Yes. Death has never been like a one to use a whole lot of poison, yeah. so... This, this is a very... You've probably heard of this one because it's very, very rare, and it's used by drow. Huh. Uh, you, oh. know that it's colo- uh-huh. you know that its colloquial name is Sun Death. Oh! Oof, oh. Paul, like, before Dia can say things, like, so I have a suspicion. I think it might have been poison, but the question is, how did they get it into him? (laughs) 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 I just can't figure it out. Uh, I want to immediately check the bottle that he used to pour the wines and check for any sign of tea ring or the like. Okay. Uh, now, you saw him sort of pull the cork out of it. Um, yes. And it, Was it but, full at the time? No. Or? Okay. Uh, you believe that it, it had been previously opened. Huh. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, bad. Your best assumption is, since, since it had been opened before, it's possibly a wine that he liked. Yeah. Um, and somebody would have known that. And the only other person in this room at the time was Andrew Cormeral. That is true. And I didn't see him do anything. No. Hmm. Ooh. Ooh, it's bad. Oh, I should. We should. We shouldn't. We can't be here right now. We can't. Time to go. There's just a sort of charred skeleton in priestly vestments lying smoldering on the floor. Oof. Yeah. But we can't leave now. There's a mystery afoot. Oh God! Can I? Can Can I like? <laughs> clean, yes. Clean, maybe. Do you want me to clean this up? I'm uh, really good at disposing of bodies. Oh, this, uh, this feels like it's hiding evidence. <laughs> <laughs> He's right. You can't tamper with the evidence. Yes, we'll need, right now there's three prime suspects. Right, so suspect. what do we? Okay, yes, then why we'll don't need we to just? Call, we'll need to call the police about this. Why don't? Yeah, worry, why I'm don't not, we just wait? Evil. Evil. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> um, so uh, the uh, the uh, seem to want to be on their way, um, mm-hmm. but, but Dortimer uh, looks forward to talking with you again, and he wants to introduce you to his horse, and he hopes to meet Morning Glory, and uh, he can't stop talking about. Horses. Evelyn obliges fully and says she's really excited to talk about horses as well. And his mother's like, we must head back to the villa now. We'll see you soon. Yes. Um, thank you for that wonderful, uh, heartwarming speech. Well, thank you for, for contributing. I know that you already contribute to the church, and I know that it was asking for more, but I think those orphans are going to be real happy and Dortimer, you're sure lucky to have a loving family like this one, and you never forget it, okay? He nods. And, he and wa- also, he'll, wave, he'll wave as he's sort of pulled away. And thanks for the statue. 
as they leave. Yeah. So then she wants to make sure um, she wants to talk to some leadership other than Father Sunbright, the people who are out here to make sure that this money she collected is actually going to go specifically to making a place for the orphans here. Uh, a couple of the priests are like, well, you know, we've we've got to uh, make sure that the, the money is essentially cataloged and put uh, into certain coffers and then uh, and they start to get through to get into this bureaucratic rigmarole, and then Sister Incensia says, "I'm, I'm, I'm sure this is that Sister Evelyn wanted this money put toward a specific use. I think we can probably find some method in the bureaucracy to make sure that it gets to where she would like it to go." Uh, is this bureaucracy like what has been always, or is this no? New? This is new. Okay. She'll tell she'll tell you that there there's a new way for basically handling any donations made uh, on the grounds of the temple. And there's this whole system and blah, 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 none of which has to do with orphans or children. But Sister Incensia says, we will talk to everybody we can and see what can be done. Well, what if, since this money was technically given to me, it's technically mine, so what if I make it conditional that unless it goes directly to helping these orphans, I won't give it to the church. The priests kind of look at you a little aghast, like you were collecting money in the church for yourself. She's like, I mean, not, I mean, just, you know, <laughs> I, it's just, uh, Like they can't almost believe what you just said. Like they're well, just like, did she just say what she just said? I'm just- Or choice of words. Look, I just don't want this money getting lost. I want it to go to the children. So whatever we have to do with that, whatever paperwork technicality has to happen, that's what we need to do. That's all I'm saying. Sister Incensio say, I will do everything in my power to ensure that the money goes to where you wish it. Right. And if necessary, we can hold it in a trust until... Until... Till Astana Aragon arrives. Because oh, and then she could help. Yes. That sounds great. We'll do that. Okay. Okay, and then they, they, they leave. And you go to see your friends and you realize the door is not opening. <laughs> and we just hear rattling at the door and Rose like, oh, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> You hear us panicking, and you probably recognize the panic. It's like the hide-the-body panic. Probably- <laughs> Is there, like, a rug I can just, like, put over it? Yes. Okay, I'm just like, guys, I got it. <laughs> There's this big lump. <laughs> All right, so we, I open the door, like, assuming that it's going to be, like, like an official, and I'm just like, oh, we, we, he's dead! Who? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Who? Uh, the, 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 the... Oh, it's Evelyn? The, the... Right. Strix just, like, can't say anything, and she just, like, looks at Dieth, she's like, eh. Dieth comes up, pulls Evelyn in, and, like, shuts the door behind her. Uh, and then turns to Evelyn and just says, I don't know how much more you know, but Father Sunbright was just murdered. You guys killed Father Sunbright? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, hey, we <laughs> hey, we didn't. We were ready to, but didn't. D... <laughs> For what it's worth, he's just he like he's just he's just standing in front of this lump under a rug mm-hmm. right now. <laughs> and for what it's worth, he was a big dumb jerk face. So there. 
Evelyn's like very. There's a lot of emotions happening for Evelyn right now. Father Stuckright was yeah. Basically, yeah. <laughs> father was basically her father figure, right, but then yeah. also like making choices that she didn't understand that she was like maturing beyond, mm-hmm. and so she's like very sad that he's dead and very confused, and I think she just starts like. She goes over and drinks the wine on his desk. (laughs) I think she's kind of frozen. Like she's just kind of like. Okay. Okay. I'll just, I'll fill you in. So we learned that he was a jerk and he was using the money to make stuff fancy. And he hated kids a lot. He thought kids were the literal worst thing to ever happen. His words, not ours. And then his corpse just kind of like burned. And then he is you know, skeleton man, and that's cool. There is this horrible stench hanging in the air, Evelyn, that greets your nose, nostrils for the first time, and it is the smell of burnt flesh. Uh, yes. Did you set explains, him on fire? Deeth explains everything I that happened not. in greater nuance. I did not set him on fire. <laughs> Someone else did, kind of. Yeah, how the last person in this room was Andrew Cormeril. Uh, how Father Sunbright was basically a self-serving prick, and there's far more going on in the temple that we're aware of, almost as if there's a power struggle within itself. And then how he was killed by the drow poison sun death. Drow poison. What makes it a drow poison? Couldn't anyone use a poison? Well, it's drow themselves, the ones who create it, typically from the Underdark itself. But, like, if you wanted to get a drow poison, you could go get one, right? I mean, it's extremely difficult by my understanding, but yes. Yeah, it's kind of a branding thing. I don't know. There's like Skullport here. Like, they, there's like you can get like anything there. It's not like a spooky place. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of potential connections. You could get this. I mean, honestly, I think someone like Xanathar probably could have gotten it. But you've also had some recent run-ins with the Drow. Oh fuck, we did. Oh fuck, we did. <laughs> oh. <laughs> After Diet realizes, uh, puts that together, he's like, oh, we should go. I have to, I have to tell someone what happened. We can't just leave him here. He we can, we, we'll, we'll leave and you can, you can tell me on the way. You can tell oh, me. Okay, wait, way. I have an idea. I have an idea. Everyone. No one's listening, right? I'll look, look out the door. No, nobody's listening. All right. We all go back to the house. Evelyn, you scream like it just happened and run out the door and go and get help. I mean, that is what happened. It did. Yes. <laughs> yes, but you're going to act like it just happened and we weren't in here. And we're going to leave. Well, I'm not going to lie, but I don't see any reason why I need to tell anyone that you were in here. I don't, because I'm a scary mm-hmm. tiefling. Everyone no, blames murders on no, me. No, it's fine. There's no reason she would tell anyone that we were in here. We should right now, depending on who saw, they only know of two people who went in and out of this room since Father Sunbright was here. Which is scary tiefling and not church person. They didn't see you. They saw Andrew Carmel and they saw me. Yeah, so they're going to blame. They didn't see you. Did they see you? you Just tell the truth to Sister Incensia right now. Uh, Is that a good idea? It's not a good idea. Uh, Diet like approaches Evelyn really close and actually asks her, Evelyn, this is really important and you have to really think about this and answer as truthfully as possible. Who in this trust, who in this church can you trust right now? Can I roll an insight check on that? You can. Oh man. (laughs) 12. 
No, no, no one. <laughs> <laughs> when when you say I can trust no one, you can't think of anyone. Can I infer that that means that like, because when I think about trust, it's either I can't trust someone to have my back, or I can't trust them to truly be in the service of like the Morning Lord. You, you can trust that most of the people here are truly in the service of the Morning Lord or Amanator. But you're not sure who is with Lathander and who is with the other guy. Really. Because uh, Father Sunbright has basically been kind of seeding the temple with new faiths, new philosophies, bringing in new people, rotating people around. It's all been a bit of a maelstrom recently. And it's very hard to tell whose loyalties lie where and to whom. Look, there's a scripture that I would quote if I actually knew what the scripture was. Evelyn does, so she quotes it. But she says something to the effect of like... (sighs) But you do... One thing you do... You do sense definitely is true, is that by and large, people who work here are on the side of good. So Evelyn says something to Diath about how, like, you can't always see by the light of the morning, but when you find yourself in the darkness, the only lamp to carry is truth. We need to tell the truth. Be like, look... Evelyn, I know we need to tell the truth. And I'm not saying we're not gonna. I'm just saying now might not be a good time. Because when they've only seen was death like this one go in and then they find him dead, what do you think is going to happen? Well, me and Diaz will go and talk to them and you two can just... They're, they're not going to be- They're not going to believe you. And they're, they're going to take... They're not going to believe you. And they're gonna, and they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna blame him. They're gonna take him in, and he like grabs his face. Like this is just like, <laughs> you see this face? You see his face? Do you know what they do to a face like this in prison? I don't think you want that for your friend. Thank you. Like, you want that. just like, please, I don't want to see him hung again. You actually see exactly. DS start to like panic a little bit. Like Paulton's right. They're gonna blame me. Oh God, they're gonna blame me again. Mm-hmm. They would. They. I think I have more than a little respect and credence here. I think they would believe me. Well, you know that um, assaulting and murdering a priest in Waterdeep carries the sentence of death. (laughs) Look, I don't know what else we can do anyway. If y'all are just gone and I go saying that, you know, nothing happened and people saw Diaz anyway, that's not going to convince anyone. And if we just leave, then certainly they're going to think it was me and Diaz together. Nick Evelyn's right. Running away at all just makes it seem even more suspicious. So, I think we, we lock arms and we tell the truth together. No, there's definitely another way to go about this. We're just not thinking of it. Uh, is there anything else about the body of Father Sunbright or what, whatever remains on there that I can see or find? There is a, there is a sort of a, a, 
a holy symbol now sort of resting in his burnt-out ribcage. This is after you pull the rug back and see his collapsed remains. Evelyn is not okay when she sees that. It it looks like he's been half-cremated, except his garb is intact, albeit now sort of blackened by soot. Um, Evelyn hides from that sight. Sorry. Uh, you can see he's got some some uh, ceremonial jewelry that is customarily worn uh, during mass ceremonies. Uh, he, would pro- he would probably take it off and put it in a small chest on his desk at some point. <sighs> okay. E- Evelyn, is there seriously... Is there anyone here, one person, that would not instantly, that that would believe us, that wouldn't just right off the bat just like try and rat out DF about this? Yeah, that's a good question. Is there anyone that we definitely shouldn't talk to? Well, I don't know, but I was just going to run out and tell Sister Incensia because she's been real nice and she seems real logical and she seems to want to do the right thing. And then Rix's plan was that I should scream and go tell someone. Okay, okay. My plan is always screaming. I'm sorry. I don't have a plan. I just don't want to see anyone die. I just, I think that Dieth and Strix should get out of here before we do that, and I'll go with you, and we will calmly talk to her about this. If Dieth runs, doesn't that make him look more guilty? He's, I mean, I'll turn him invisible and he'll walk. <laughs> I think Evelyn's right. I think I think we can't run away. We can't run away. We can't. We can't do it. That's three against one. You can't yell at me. Running away is bad because the last time I ran away, he got hanged, and he can't get hanged again. You can't yell at me for something I'm not even arguing. It's not running away. It's just assessing how intense the situation will be if we if this truth is presented. You hear a knock. Great. I'm just instantly, like, going to turn DF invisible. What? No, don't. <laughs> oh, Me too. It has to be a willing thing, so DF, you don't uh, have shoot, to be yeah. made invisible. Like, as you, Never mind. It's like a touch attack, isn't it? So as you're, like, you're reaching out, DF's just like, oh, no. Yeah. Fine. I you just, just hear a voice, a little voice say, Father Sunbright, are you, are you there to sign some paperwork? I'll turn into not a rat. right now. <laughs> he's, not, he's not available right now. I'll come back First later. Day. Thank but, you. Uh, look, the last think- person that was in here was Andrew Cormeril. I know it wasn't me. If it's not him, I don't know who else it would be. Well, right now the problem is not who did it. It's who everyone's going to think did it. And that's why it's very important that right now, before anyone else knocks on the door, we go tell someone. We're in a church. You think anyone here is actually going to believe the truth? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? What are you saying? Strix is like rat laughing on the ground. Like <laughs> <laughs> Evelyn's legitimately like, excuse me. Uh, it's fine. Do what you want. I think I usually believe the truth, and I certainly am here. And you lived here for a while too, don't you forget? Uh-oh. It is my job to forget. <laughs> All right. right, Well, I think we should go tell Incensia now together, all of us. Well, Strix is a rat, and she's just going to sit on Dia's shoulder. I 
should I leave the scene of the crime or is it better if I just stay here and wait? You should come with me, I think. Okay. All right, Evelyn, I trust you. How about I go get someone? How about I get the, how about I get the guard? How about we cuff up DF now? How about we cuff all of ourselves now and be like, lol, <laughs> we might as well did it. So it'll throw us away. I'm a rat. Ooh, I can't idea. have cuffs. I just hold my I'm, little hand up. They make sizes. By the way, you know, um, Evelyn, that there, there is magic available. You've seen it. You've used it to divine truth, um, zone of truth spells, whatnot, that kind of thing. So, Oh, wait. Those, those things are available to authorities, and particularly the priesthoods, uh, to discern who's, you know, lying and who's not. So maybe it's not such a big deal. Great right. question. Is he, <coughs> do I think that my raised dead would work on him? You don't know. Uh, so with raised dead, you need an intact body. This is not yeah, an I'm intact body. You would need something more like a true resurrection. Okay. Um, so... Does Revivify also need an intact body? Yeah. 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 So. so I just realized uh, maybe Evelyn and I should go talk to someone. Maybe Strix and Paulton could stay here to make sure no one else tries to come in and tamper with the scene. I nod my rat head. Yeah. All right. Strix that and sounds reasonable. Go. Paulton? Let's do it! I just... If you could... Stay invisible and stay here too, just to make sure no one else messes with it and just help protect Strix. Like, squeak! <laughs> All right, so Paulton sure. and Strix stay. Mm. Evelyn and Diath head out. Uh, Evelyn and Diath make a investigation check to find Sister Incensia <laughs> amidst this gargantuan edifice called the Spires of the Morning. Okay. You are going around looking for her uh, with an urgency to you, I might add, that is fairly difficult to conceal. Uh, Now I'd like you both to make perception checks. Okay. For the record, uh, my mind must be occupied because my investigation was a natural one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're probably preoccupied. Yeah. Oh, good. That's a two. Perception? Yeah. Uh, Five. Would you accept passive perception? Sure. 21. Very good. So, Diath, while you are consumed, uh, you are thrown a little bit for a loop. Uh, You're kind of walking along one side of a large space with giant pillars and all kinds of gilded paraphernalia around sun gleaming off of everything, glass walls, through glass walls. And you see uh, across the temple, um, on their way out, is what looks to be... um, a half-elf, indeterminate gender, um, hair basically shaved off except for a mohawk, um, and uh, this uh, in a, uh, sort of ruddy-colored skin, but the hair is uh, blonde. And... Uh, wearing some amount of jewelry and dressed not so much like a priest, but more like a wizard. And he 
gives you a look and a smile and a nod and then a kiss goodbye and then disappears before your eyes. And that's where we'll stop. Ah! Eh. Uh, great. Cool. Good. I hate it. Good. I like murder mysteries. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's about to get really fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll be back next week with an all-new episode of Dice Camera Action, but uh, we're going to break off with some announcements. I will be at Gamehole Con, along with several other members of Wizards of the Coast, this weekend, uh, Madison, Wisconsin, and we'll be doing a bunch of things, including running D&D games for a lot of cool folks with uh, charity, charity, uh, extra life. Uh, we're, we're, we're taking money to give to uh, the extra life charity, and because we love kids, and we would never do the things to children that we do in this show. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> such as, such as yeah. drug them with pastries. No, I'm Look. kidding. Yeah, that. <laughs> uh, or yeah. Kids, or, or, or yeah, whatever. Um, so it's all for a good cause, and a bunch of us will be out there. Uh, so if you're going to be in the area, or you can just uh, tune in to our uh, Twitch channel and keep apprised of the games as they happen. And uh, people will be playing all sorts of weird characters with things um, uh, procured through charity donations. And I think everybody's going to have a spectacular time. And then later on this month, keep your eyes open for a new Wizards of the Coast release, Waterdeep Dungeon of the Mad Mage, coming soon to game stores near you. Uh, We were at TwitchCon last week. Last last show, we were at TwitchCon. Uh, and we did a live onstage episode. We did. costume and with props and with music and a whole shebang. And I hope that it was enough for you all to forgive me for losing the VOD of the episode from last TwitchCon. <laughs> I hope that I have done enough penance. Um, but uh, it is on twitch.tv slash twitch in the videos section. Yes. And you can go watch it. And it will also be on Wizards um, on their YouTube channel and everything soon. But if you need to watch it now, you can find it on twitch.tv slash twitch. Yes. Felicia Day does her own stunts. And um, also, little teaser, I'm not going to say what we're going to be doing, but the cast, uh, the four of us, minus Chris, unfortunately, will be at PAX Unplugged. So if you have plans to go there, uh, hopefully we'll see you. Uh, for me, this coming Monday, November uh, 12th, 12, November 12th, uh, my other D&D show, Dark and Dicey, comes back uh, for a few more weeks to, I believe, wrap up season one. Mm-hmm. So be sure to tune into that. It's going to be fun. And... Uh, Non-D&D related news, uh, the newest season of Beyblade, Beyblade Burst Turbo came out, and I sang the theme song for that. So Ooh. if you want to check it out, it's really cool. I thought you were going to say non-D&D related, the music video <clears throat> for Bones came out. Oh, yeah. Well, that's maybe D&D related. But yeah, I also posted a music, uh, new music video, so go check that out too. I have my computer back so I can 
start streaming again. So please, Ooh. please help keep the pants in the pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's all. I don't have anything exciting to say for myself, so I'll continue to talk about that Dice Cam Reaction subreddit. You can go there and join in all the discussion and fan art and fan theories and the like. So be sure to go on there and join the community. Now, uh, currently at, what is it? Almost 6,000 strong. Cool. Which Are you going to spam that link? Let's spam that link. I'm going to spam link. All right, then we're done. Yay! Okay, everybody take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we'll be back next week. And until then, so long. See you next week. So long. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dice Camera Action with Chris Perkins. Don't forget, Chris and the Waffle Crew broadcast live on twitch.tv slash dnd every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time. For more information on the Waffle Crew or Dice Camera Action, go to dnd.wizards.com slash dca or head to the Dice Camera Action wiki at dicecameraaction.gamepedia.com. Until next week, happy hunting. Happy hunting.